Hello, everybody, and welcome to an edition of Down in Flames. That screen there actually said quarantine special number one. This is actually quarantine number two, even though we're not really quarantined anymore, but we're still social distancing, especially because Mr. Pensiero lives in hey, Connecticut. So if we were in California, we'd still be quarantined. That's you're right. Yeah. And if we were in Michigan, have to wear a face mask. Well, I guess you do in Virginia, too, but depends on the state. It depends on the state. Yeah. Hey, right. But hey, we're here in Virginia, so let's go out and grab dinner and you know just spend time around people because it seems like everything's very normal here. It's definitely feeling more that way around here. Uh, it, it, it is here in Connecticut as well. I'll say most people are staying pretty good as far as face masks, things like that, social distancing. But majority of things are open to a degree, and Connecticut's doing great. I think we have the best maybe or, or one of the top uh, rates in COVID right now. It feels a little more normal, but it makes me a little worried. Yeah. Um, we'll see. That's going to play, obviously, in a little bit we'll talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to talk baseball. Uh, we got baseball, hopefully, should be coming back here in the next week or so. Uh, talk a little bit of NFL stuff, and then if – we will or will not have college football. We're just going to see kind of where the conversation takes us tonight. So I got to tell you all, though, so tomorrow, be prepared. I will be turning 35 years old tomorrow. So tomorrow I will be outside right now. I'll, is that what? Is that why it's colder outside right now? Potentially. I mean, the bitter, so, the bitter feeling of death. Uh, in the uh, come on now. So with turning 35, it means I can run for president. So everybody know tomorrow I will be officially submitting my name for presidency. And as president, I promise not only will I support the name change of the Washington Redskins, I will also support the New England Patriots being disbanded uh, entirely as well. I think you just won. I, honestly, I think you just won. You, you just won. Wow. You, you've got 49 states to just jump on your bandwagon. <laughs> Get those electoral votes more than uh, Well, you might lose Florida, possibly, with all the bandwagon Tampa. Tom Brady fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't go after Tom Brady specifically. I went after the Patriots. Maybe I need to go after Tom Brady, too, and I'd be okay losing Florida. Just take it in there. In. Yeah. So, That's how we started. That's how this whole thing started. Yeah. It always comes makes its way back to Tom Brady. And uh, I will, living in Washington – I will uh, not be cheering for the what they should be called the Deadskins, right? That's what you said, Peyton. That's the that's the name going. Well, I was wondering if someone was going to bring that up, and then people like jump all over them because of how that could also be taken negatively. Because I know that was a, a nickname in the past, and that would be a whole other issue if people start throwing other negative names out there. Well, if you're attached with Washington, it's going to be negative regardless. So there's not really way around that but. you know i i think the biggest thing for washington fans that they can hope for um is just some sort of like i, I don't think they're going to be like terribly upset with with a name change i think people can get behind that they can support it especially for the intention behind changing the name they just want to win like <laughs> they just want to win games and actually have like a good season um that's that's what i think is their primary focus for like how people view them. They want to be viewed with respect and not as a disrespectful team name, 
sure, but they want to be viewed as winners and champions again too. Right, absolutely. I mean, be- before we get into the seriousness of, of this decision and kind of, you know, dive into what it really means, you know, analyzing it, you know, if it works, should should my New York Jets change their name? Like if they, if it works and they start winning next year, like should we, all right, Cleveland Browns name change? Why why are the Jets called the Jets? Because we got two airports. Uh, it was something like that, I believe, right? right? I honestly, if anybody should know this, I, I should probably know this. I my guess is because of LaGuardia and JFK flying over, you know, being so close, but your your guess is as good as mine. Interesting. Why are the New York Giants called the Giants? I, I mean, why are the Browns called the you know? Why are the Detroit Lions Lions? All right. When was the last time there was a lion in Detroit? Yeah, you, you can you can lie down on that. I, I strictly asked that one because of Thomas being a Jets fan. I wonder if he knew because that, that's a weird one. Like you don't necessarily like the Lions is a common sure. name. Sure, sure. My guess is it has to do with the two airports there, which I would assume predate the name the Jet, you know, Jets, because we were the the Titans before the Jets back in maybe the fifties or so. I think both of those airports came to prevalence in, in the forties or fifties. So my guess is probably the two major airports that are right around, but I honestly, I don't know what else it would be. I don't, I don't know what else it would be. Since the team would play in Chase stadium near LaGuardia, it was intended to reflect the modern approach of the team. Sure. There you go. All right. So somewhat, right. I, I just, I love the, like thinking of how that came about, like they're all standing there at the stadium and just like mulling over what they were. You know what the future the is? It's like, um, airplanes. I, I don't have any ideas. What plane takes off? Jets? Sure. We need something. So it's, it's better one than whatever the Giants decided to pick their name. Should Washington be the Texas? Yeah. Washington, Texas. Anything's better than the Washington Monuments at this point. No, so really looking looking at this decision, like you said, Peyton, there, there really is no objection, right? You can't really, you know, overall good decision, about time. You knew it was probably going to happen at some point, right? If, if anything was going to happen as far as sports names changing, this would have been the one. There is history behind it, whether, uh, you know, who are we to say whether it is offensive or not. It's from a different, you know, different lifetime, and, and it's not of our people. But um, it, it, you know, everything that points in that direction, safe, you know, best to be safe and change it. We all knew it was coming at some point, so no real objection. But I think the timing has big implications with the season only being about eight weeks away. If we have the start of the season on time, you know, eight weeks away, that's that's a short amount of time to change the name a lot of brand and so so timing definitely is is interesting um that's probably the real debate but i honestly to me there was no debate i think it was bound to happen i think it's a good decision um i think that they should have changed the name i agree about that one specifically about this one now we can get into discussion about all the other names that are coming up as far as the cleveland indians and uh, you know, um, yeah. the Braves, the Chiefs, things like that. That's a whole nother discussion because there's a lot of different meaning behind those. This one makes sense. The timing to me is 
is, is going to be tricky. It's interesting. Yeah. The, the, um, the biggest, the biggest holdout, the only reason that this didn't happen, when was it like four years ago when it reared its head again, it's just Dan Snyder. Like the fans, you know, you've got some holdouts that are like, look, it's a classic team. It's a classic game. And they want to keep it for that reason. Okay. I can understand your intention behind that, but I, at the end of the day, if the name changes, I don't think they're going to make much more noise uh, beyond that uh, that argument. Like Dan Snyder has been the real holdout here. We've also seen him as Washington's very own infectious disease uh, of just being completely detrimental to that entire organization. You look at the minority owners now, who you know, opening up to selling. Um, you know, I, I can't believe that only because of the name. Uh, they could easily right. motion to to change the name. It was probably Dan Snyder on top of that because they're the one person that he has to, or he's the one right. person that they have to work with on a regular basis. Hundred percent. I mean, the the name was there. He didn't give them the name. He bought the team with the name, you know, with the stadium, everything there. He bought the brand 20, 20 years ago or so, and then everything he's done since has pointed to bad decision after bad decision. And even this decision with the timing of it, you know, with the, you know, uh, FedEx pulling sponsorship, Nike pulling memorabilia, you know, merchandise, it screams a money decision. Now, whether or not it, you know, pretty easy that it is probably a money decision for him, for Schneider, but I don't really care what his decision is. You know, ultimately it's the good decision to make it, whether his intentions are pure or not, right? It doesn't matter what his intentions were as far as, that a good thing is happening with the name change. But when you get into his decision-making, basically it, it was all for money because he didn't want to lose all the endorsements and merchandise. Yeah. He had, FedEx, go ahead. he had FedEx offering to pull out and Nike offering to pull, uh, talk about pulling out. Um, a whole lot going with it. I mean, I, I definitely was the money thing and not to go too deep in a political conversation. Cause I hate doing that in general anymore and right. a political show, but um I think there's a lot of people out there who I think you don't think it's as big as big of a deal. I know there's a lot of people out there who are angry about it. Listen, I grew up my high school's my high school school district I grew up in was the Sandusky Redskins. So like for me, that was the mascot we had. And when I was younger, I used to think, oh, it's not offensive at all. It's a derogatory term. Let's be honest what it is like. Yeah. It, it, when you talk about Indian Seminoles, Chippewas, any of those things like that, that's not. You're not being it's very different. Not being derogatory it, by saying that. I guess right. Indians maybe is a little bit, but when you're talking those other ones, you're saying redskin. That was a term that was used as a derogatory term to describe someone who's Native American. There's no way around that. Like you, you can't. Right. And, it, and, it, and from what I see, that. right, it seems like the majority, if not most, 98% of people agree with that. They're happy with the decision. You know, we are going to move forward and progress with that. And, and change it because there is, there is you know, why, why keep it if it's going, you know, there there is history that is negative with that. So what is the point? It's a team name. Let's change yeah. it. Let's move forward. Let's progress. So I, it seems like 98% of the people have been in agreement with that in a, in a positive way. Yep. And that's, that's encouraging for the most part. The I NFL mean, needs it too. I mean, the NFL, I think, needed something like this to happen for the league entirely, just with everything going on, with the, the protests going on, the kneeling, which is still probably going to take place this year even more than we saw before. Um, I think that the league had to have something like this happen that showed support and solidarity with 
wanting to help racial relations in our country. And while it's not a league wide thing, I think it does represent the league. Well, I, I know a lot of people are going to be upset. And there's going to be some people that leave and stop watching because of it. But I think overall it is a better thing, not only for the league. I think Washington will be a stronger franchise because of it as well too, especially if they do it right by going the naming, the naming route. Um, I'm very interested to see that once uh, they release the new name, uh, whatever that is, um, people from internal to Washington, if uh, they're going to share a little bit of Dan Snyder's thought process through all of this. Was he particularly vocal in board meetings about not wanting to do it? Um, Right. So, So far what I've heard is he was out of the country when this decision was made. Yeah, it's all about the money, so we'll see. But, yeah, I don't know how much is going to really get out there on how progressive he was with this decision uh, in a way and how vocal he's been to help progress this along in the last couple of weeks or not. All all I've heard is he was out of town. You know, he kind of gave it the okay, and it's it's progressed from there. Um, But, I, I, you know, at some point, he or another owner, you know, we'll see what sport and what owner uh, it would be, which I know that's another thing, potentially changing the word owner, uh, you know, to remove some of the negative connotation with, with, that goes with that. And if they do that, you know, I'm, I'm fine and would support that, too. We'll, we'll see where that conversation goes. But, um, you know, how much would it take for a, uh, um, you know, his lack of support? Uh, to cause a, a team member to say, "I'm not going to play for this organization," that'll be a that'll be a domino effect. Uh, if one person says they're done with Washington, um, I bet more would follow, and he would then create a huge issue for Roger Goodell and the NFL, who I think have been particularly quiet on the name change uh, discussion. Um, I I like to see leadership from the organizing body. You, yes, you hope to see it from uh, the teams themselves, but I really want to see it from the organizing body. And yes. look at somebody like Adam Silver. He leads from the front. He's vocal. He gets out of stuff, you know, out in front of stuff. Well, the, the weird thing is there, though, I, I will add, is technically Adam, you know, or, or Goodell works for Dan Snyder. You know, he works for the owners. So it makes it a little bit of a weird dynamic there where he is – the face, he is the leader in, in a sense of the NFL, but technically he is an employee of all 30 owners. So they have that, you know, hierarchy over him in a way, and it is an individual team owner decision in, in a way. But I think ultimately it does come down when, when a team name gets changed. I, I don't know if all the other owners need final approval on the final name change or not. Um, can they veto a name or not? I don't know how that final process works, but it is going to be interesting because, like you said, they have eight weeks, right? The NFL has to pr- help them with this, right? The NFL, the other owners are going to have to help progress this along along with the Washington NFL team at this point to pick a name because they have two months to change everything and get going for if there's a preseason game or if it's just week one NFL. Yeah. But like you said, it does need to be a unified body, you know, head by the NFL and the league office itself. Yeah, nothing stops Goodell from being able to vocalize uh, his opinion. You know, if he vocalizes his opinion, it's not like the owners are going to come down. Um, 
he's standing up for the greater good of the NFL itself. Um, so if there is a single team and he is representing the interest of the entire NFL, I don't think it's wrong for him to sit there and sit, uh, you know, discuss with a, um, with a team leader like that, uh, you know, Hey, look, you might need to strongly consider what people are asking you to do. You know, all of your peers think so. I think so. The entire public thinks so. But there may have been some of that behind the scenes. But, but I, you know, I yeah. want to, I want to hear that. And again, this is turning into a complaining session about Goodell. Um, he, he's not a public leader. If he does this stuff, he, no. sits there, he sits there in a room with the door closed and it's like, Hey, you know, don't, don't tell anyone I was talking to you, but Hey, what I you want to know what I'll defend Goodell in a second. You want to know who I'm not. I'd rather have Goodell than Rob Manfred. When we talk about baseball later, I'd rather have Roger Goodell than Rob Manfred Manfred, because that guy is, we would have base. We would have baseball started three weeks ago had it been Goodell. Um, hundred percent. If Rod, if Roger Goodell, any other commissioner, maybe not Gary Bettman, I don't know about that, but either Adam Silver or Roger Goodell or any other Joe Schmo running a league, any league, you know, the Arena League, they would have had baseball up and running. And it's not just about the start time. You know, there's a lot of things Rob Manfred's been doing. There's a there's something to be said about how uh, these commissioners are uh, chosen. Um, and what their like, true desire is by leading. Adam Silver, uh, I actually sat on the plane um, with a guy who went to law school with him. They were in the same class and the same like small uh, study group. And uh, we were talking constantly about you know what he was like in his younger years as a student. He said back in law school as a young guy, uh, he told everybody and they all kind of laughed at him that his desire was to be the NBA commissioner. I, I think he started I, as an intern with the Knicks or something like that. Yeah, that, you know, I, I think years ago, fantastic. 40 years ago, you know, he had his desire the entire time. He knew what he wanted to do. He wasn't going to. And here's the thing. I think Roger Goodell, you probably could have met people and Roger Goodell might've said the same thing. Cause that guy is all about football where you have somebody like Gary Bettman or Rob Manfred who probably don't even like the sport that they're the commissioner of. It's kind of obvious that those two guys don't even care about the sport, at least they didn't care about the sport before they became the commissioner. Even so, there's something about that. Yeah. Even if Goodell and now this this conversation has evolved into commissioner talk, but even if Goodell likes football, he still can't even put his pants on straight. Like the guys, the guys an idiot. Anyway, any any bets on what the team name will eventually be? Hopefully, in the next month or so. So in in what we're going to be looking at, the, any any wish list. This items. will be my luck. Let me tell you this. So, like I said, Cowboys fan. I hate Washington. So no matter what their team name is, not going to be a fan. Doesn't they could be whatever, and I wouldn't be a fan. Uh, so my high school, like I said, the school that I grew up going to and through my freshman year was the Sandusky Redskins. Okay, so that's had a that double. One. That's a double right. bad one. Okay, so had that, and then the high school that I graduated from, which was my mom went to school as well too, was the Cassidy Redhawks. The Red Hawks is also in the running for the name that it'll be. With my luck, it'll be the Red Hawks, just because that makes sense. But I don't think that'll be it. Uh, I think if I'm going to be betting, I think you're probably going to see Red Tails or Warriors. I'm going with Warriors based on the fact that Snyder already has the rights to it. 
Um, he already, I would imagine if he has the rights to it and because they were planning on that arena football team uh, based in Washington, that he probably has, um, you know, graphics, you know, things like that that he needs. He already has a lot of the marketing stuff because we talk about eight weeks. You know, he's really got to cut down some time. And if he's already got a lot of this stuff built out, uh, that helps him. Yes, I think that's that's a good point. I think it has to be time considerate or something like the Red Tails, Red Wolf, something like that. You can keep the HTTR. Um, I think the Red Tails, you can keep the same color scheme. Back in the day, they had that, you know, the red and gold. They had the same color scheme. So you can keep something like that. But the Warriors makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. with somebody like Ron Rivera pretty heavily in this yeah. decision. Big military guy. I think the Warriors make sense. It's worked for Golden State very well. Um, and there's no conflict there as far as having the same name as a different sport, something like that. So I'm on board with Warriors. I'm on board with Red Tails, Red Wolves, something like that. Um, but they do have to be time considerate. So something, as long as they can get a good logo, good marketing out there in time, I don't want some amateur job. Now, that the, real, looks, you know, the real question comes, if they have seen what's worked so well uh, for Golden State, do they start stealing the Warriors chant? Warriors. If they if they tried to steal that, oh man. So two things with the Warriors thing. Golden State, obviously, they use the Golden Gate Bridge as part of theirs. They use the Golden State as kind of their logo with it. What's Washington gonna do for their logo? I mean, if you're doing Warrior, usually you think of that kind of being more of a Native American logo and most like when you've seen it at other schools and things like that that have had it, where are you going to go logo-wise for it? That's not going to be as, as equally as offensive. I think they could still do uh, some sort of Native American warrior. They could. Or they could go the military route. Yeah. Um, because some teams have expressed interest in uh, uh, more focus on uh, you know supporting the military. I don't know if Dan Snyder's in that camp. Uh, I know that there's a handful of um, team leadership who they tend to be a little bit more involved on in the uh, committee that I, I can't remember what's the NFL salute to service committee. Um, I, I don't know if Dan Snyder has any dealing with that or if he cares or if it's just another you know money thing for him. Put a Pentagon on the helmet. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, so this is me being a – Dallas Cowboys history buff. Let's go backwards a little bit here. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign no, off. No, no you'll, you'll, you'll like this. So, I'll, I'll see you in five. One minutes. of the ways that the Cowboys were able to go ahead and become an, an expansion franchise was uh, they were being blocked by ownership from having an expansion team in the South. The Redskins, I can't remember who the owner was. The Redskins at the time um, was not wanting anybody in the South to be able to come in and take over his TV rights that he had in that area. So he was against expansion. So what? Dallas did to go ahead and get the rights was they um, bought the rights to hail to the Redskins and prohibited it being threatened to not be allowed to be allowed to be played at Washington Redskins games. So that was how they used to get the leverage to be able to get the ownership to vote to let the expansion. So the rivalry started right from the beginning when the team was put in place. So with that being said, you're going to have to, Obviously, they're going to still want to play Hail to the Redskins. You're going to have to change that in the title. Who owns the rights to Hail to the Redskins now is what I wonder. And do you change it? Do they have the right to change it? They might abandon it. Anybody knows? Anybody looks into that? Let me know because I'm curious on that. 
yeah, they might abandon that altogether, depending yeah. on which way, which name they go with and how they want to rebrand themselves. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know what I take away from your story there, Kyle? So, Dallas is still just off. What a bad move. What a bad move. Right, well, look, looking at this as far as moving forward, like we said, eight weeks with everything going on, obviously NFL is going to be have a huge task. Just football in general. We'll talk about college football. But the likelihood at this point on July 14th that the NFL has a – was it was it going to be a 17-game season this year? No, it's 16 this year right yeah it's next year that yeah what is the likelihood percentage wise of a 16 game season i don't think you see a 16 game season it's going to be shortened to some extent you're definitely not going to have preseason which yeah. is dangerous think of some of the casualties that come along with that i i think that they could pretty easily push it back uh you know slide the whole thing back and they might move the whole thing back and then start shortening um i i don't I don't think they would shorten it first because they could you know, what's sure. preventing them from playing through February and into March a little bit. Sure. No, that, that makes sense. I think it, it probably is difficult as far as Super Bowl is concerned. But then again, if there are no fans at that point for the Super Bowl, maybe it is a lot easier. Um, I, don't, I don't know the likelihood of having a full full out Super Bowl. Um, but logistics of a Super Bowl with people gets difficult moving that. That is, you know, planned out a couple years ahead of time because it is such a big event, media week, full week there. But, you know, what is the likelihood of that coming? It, it all depends. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is a better chance they move it back first before shortening it. And if they have to shorten it, then you go to 14, you go to 12. I, I don't know what the smallest they – I don't know what the shortest season they could have. Could they maybe do a 10-game season and feel fine with that? I think 10 right. is the smallest they could go. It, it's already – you know, you look at, like, college football, and it seems like they play hardly any games. Like, you get to the end and you're like, wow, you really didn't do much this season. Uh, you know, I, I think if you go less than 10 games, you're really okay. scraping the bottom of the barrel. 10 would be something – you could do the baseball model where you play your division teams twice and then you play the opposing, you know, league – in region once, right? That's that equals 10 games. If yeah. my math is correct. Right. So, you, you know, the jets would play everybody in their division twice, and then they play the NFC East one time once all four of them once. And then you could do that. That's what baseball is ultimately doing. And, and that's how they got their 60 game season. So now maybe a 10 game season for the NFL would make sense. It is just a lot trickier when you have 10 games, if your division sucks and you go six and zero. Oh, and then, you, you know, let's say you're the Seahawks and you got one of the harder divisions and, you, you know, that's about, you know, the the balance of power can get adjusted pretty quick with a 10 game season. When you're playing a fixed schedule like that, maybe you do expanded playoffs. I don't know. But, yeah, I think 10 games has to be the minimum. You would likely have to do some sort of and, and I don't have the I haven't looked at it mathematically. You would likely have to have something built out well enough um, to account for tiebreakers and then for wild card. Because if you move into playoffs and you're only, you're playing less games, chances are more people are going to have the same record. Who knows what that would look like? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think ultimately leaving it at that, 
I think we're looking at it at this point in my eyes, a 75% chance we get a finished NFL season this year, which I think is, is pretty good. I think it is going to depend if, if baseball starts and finishes, if NBA starts and finishes, right? MLS, if NHL, if they can start and finish, it's going to be very hard for the NFL not to because of the pressure and the optics. The, of what it yeah, like. here's the big difference, though. You're talking the larger yeah. crowds. Exactly. Well, that and you're talking, well, geez, baseball, 25-man roster. What is the NBA roster, 15? And then, 12 to 15. 15. And then yeah. a 12 NHL, active. And then an NHL roster, I think that's like 20. 20, yeah. So, I mean, do that to compare to going to an NFL roster, which is upwards of – I get it. I think. No, I, I, you know, you have 55 active. 55, that's right. I get it. But I'm saying the NFL and and the league office is, I, it's hard to imagine that they would let there not be a season of some sort if all the other major sports were able to finish their season. I think you're going to have to see how COVID trends as well, too. I mean, if anybody is money driven, we know it's the NFL. Right. But they're also, I think that's where it comes in that there's risk for liability on that. But if anybody's going to risk it, it's going to be the NFL. I'm not saying that's right. If if that was my decision or not, but I'm saying if anybody's risking it and if anybody's money driven, it's the NFL. And if they've seen all the other major sports finish, it's going to be very hard for them not to. Football I, just requires so many more, not only just players, personnel for football more than any other, any other sport. Uh, I mean, there's a whole lot more that goes into it puts them at a higher risk. Well, I, I'm not skeptical, being too skeptical. I think you're still going to have a football season of some sort. I think there's just going to be a lot more to consider for the NFL than it is for MLB, baseball, NHL, uh, NBA. I, I agree. Underwater that, basket weaving, whatever. If the other leagues start and complete, some sort of season, it would be very hard pressed to find a reason for the NFL not to. But it, we're kind of going back in this ownership or uh, not ownership, um, uh, commissioner direction. The NFL has the pansiest uh, commissioner. Uh, I disagree. He's the scared. I disagree. He's the scaredy cat that would back away because he I disagree. Didn't want to do anything wrong. I disagree. Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred. I think Rob Manfred. I don't think Rob Manfred's the spineless guy that Goodell is. I think Manfred was just so stuck on sticking to his guns and the money that they thought they'd be losing, and not wanting to pay out what they should be paying out to the players. I think that was more of a cheap side with uh, Manfred and more of a spineless thing with Goodell on Peyton. Roger spine. Goodell has more power than Rob Manfred. Yeah, and what does he do with it? Nothing. Yeah. He still has more power. Rob Manfred. He does nothing. Rob Manfred does nothing. I mean, this is a debate for another time, but I, I will say, I'm telling you, Manfred's- I'm telling you, if you if you followed baseball a bit more, you'd see the incompetency of, of Rob Manfred hasn't had the amount of time or the similar issues that Roger Goodell has, and he doesn't have the platform, right? NFL Roger Goodell is going to be on a spotlight a lot different. His his issues. I'm not saying he's perfect. He's he's not great, right? He's definitely he's got he's got a lot of issues. And there's a lot of guys could do better, but I'm telling you, Rob Manfred, in the short amount of time he's been, it's it's pretty bad. The one thing that okay, I, Tyler, that, don't don't listen to that new comment. I'm gonna, that's, that has nothing gonna, to do. We're with gonna it. show that one. If no, I, you need to take that down. Yes, breaking headlines uh, down below. Uh, no, if if I could compare uh, Manfred, because 
I am not a baseball baseball fan, admittedly. I have paid way more attention to him specifically since all of this stuff has been going on, and he's been in the spotlight a little bit more. If I could compare him and Goodell uh, to, to people in this world, I would compare Roger Goodell to a, um, let's see, 21-year-old uh, just just exiting college and just fearful for doing the first wrong thing. A, because he might disappoint his parents. And B, Don't you sound like you're describing Rob Manfred. Because he just doesn't want to get in trouble. Uh, Manfred seems like just a uh, 13-year-old kid um, who's just just childish. Uh, you know, the blank. So which one of those is more likely to get it and get on track? The 21 year old who's just figuring it out, the blank, more likely to get on track. And the blame game crap out. that Manfred was trying to throw towards the players. Like, I don't know why we're not playing. It's, it's their it's their decision. I'm like, well, you got to get over the options. Like this yeah. is the guy who thinks changing the time of a game is going to revitalize the sport. He thinks shaving five minutes off of a game is going to add all these new p- people and, and fans. And that's his big platform over the last five years. Yeah. He, is we've got to cut the time of the game. Childish and he's ill-informed. He's a 13-year-old kid who's he spent no he doesn't know. He spent 100% of his resources trying to cut five minutes off a game where there are so many other things you can do to revitalize baseball. I, I mean – Ban the shift. Ban the shift. Sure. I, there you go. There's one thing he could have spent hundred percent on that and he would have done a better job. But uh, looking at this, you know, I don't know how far you guys want to get into this debate as far as commissioners, but you know, we, we've got a well, couple of other things. We were, like we're be a short episode. We're already 30 minutes in this. And we haven't even basically talked on it. MLB too much. That's what happens when you don't talk. Commissioner, too much. Royale. I know. Commissioner Royale in a later episode. We'll, we'll pin it for this one. I like it. I I I'll say this real quick, Thomas. I think Peyton and I, well, Peyton doesn't really care about baseball. Now, I dislike Manfred much more than I dislike Goodell, but I think Manfred is. I don't know if I can say he's a better GM than Goodell. They're both terrible, so I don't know. I thought I never thought I'd say I want Bud Selig back, but Bud Selig looks better at this point in time than. And that, does. I don't think anybody would ever set, thought that. I mean, that guy was a, he was an owner. They let an owner. Mm-hmm. Be commissioner and owner be the commissioner. See how many problems there was that that you know. Baseball baseball does need a change in direction, and they need somebody that's eventually that's going to step into that role and do things need- the right way. We need. I'm going to go on a real quick tangent. Pete Rose needs to be able to go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Mark McGuire needs to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> now get, we sound get, like we're in the get rid of, summer. Get rid of the roids issues. Just put everybody was on roids. Just know that's what it is. Stop with the whole like hating on players from the 90s. Let's just move forward. And I don't see that happening under his Manfred. And so baseball. How about we that. just start with somebody who actually likes baseball? Yeah. And understands baseball. Yep. There you go. How about, yeah, somebody that just likes baseball, go ahead and be commissioner. I watched uh, uh, um, last night, I watched the Ken Giffrey Jr. Uh, there was a MLB network did a, a special on him when he was put in the Hall of Fame. And that guy loved baseball. So I said, let's make Ken Giffrey Jr. The next commissioner start of Major the League Baseball. Let's do it. Start start the commu- start he's, the movement. Him he's, and Tony. Got, he's got swag. I mean, he could get the the kids to get in the game again. He has admittedly said that he hates the Yankees for good for reason. Passion for so good reason. I don't know about uh, I don't know about making him commissioner for good reason. Stein, I want somebody a little unbiased. Steinbrenner wouldn't let his kid 
wouldn't let him play on or sit in the dugout when one of the other players' kids is out playing on the field. So home field advantage. What if we as, had as president? I'm also going to go ahead and ban the Yankees as well. So there's that. What if we had co-commissioners? You could have McGuire and Sosa. Ooh. You got the no comment. <laughs> no, no comment. You've got representation from multiple nations. You've got people that have played opposite of each other. Well, does uh, I won't go there. I you got go an introvert and extrovert. Yeah, and you got extrovert. My representation, which I think is important in, in leadership of sports. We got a lot going for this. I'm, I'm just saying. Maybe I'll become a baseball fan. No comment. <laughs> All right. So, I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. Let's let's speak on that for a little bit here because we still got to talk the college football stuff too. So MLB baseball season starting 23rd, 24th. All things green lights look go. Um, I'm excited because this is, if you are a fan of a terrible team like I am, it means two things for me as a Tigers fan. The Tigers cannot lose 100 games this year, so thank the Lord for that. Two, the th- great thing about a shortened season is anything can happen for a team that's bad or mediocre. I mean, how many times 100%. do you see, how many, especially when you haven't, there's a lot of things that haven't been seen. You don't know what tendencies people have picked up on, what players have gone down in the in this off time and not being around other trainers and actually working out and warming up you could see a team that's not very good win 15 20 straight potentially well probably not 20 straight but 15 straight right off the bat and then be hot to be able to get in the playoffs well here's the thing with the shortened season being 60 games one game essentially equals like 2.8 games it's a series. Or, or a series basically yeah. a series compared to years past yeah so a you know a three game winning streak is now a almost nine game winning streak or you know it could be the total opposite where a three game losing streak is now a nine game losing streak but it like like you said any team can put together a solid 60 games now i think everything's going to be fine work itself out in the playoffs i think everything will work it out i don't think we're going to get anything crazy as far as end result anything too crazy but i think as far as how the season goes you know go take detroit's who was a bottom five team last year their best 60 games last year they probably had it bottom team bottom (laughs) bottom team yeah bottom team i I forgot i didn't want to say that just to save your feelings there but that's it yeah who cares you got a number one pick again right but Go get their best 60 games. From 10 last bucks year. at Marshall's. I mean, it's all on clearance. So in Detroit? No, I mean, in, in Michigan? In Michigan, yeah. I got two. You're not finding that in uh, Virginia. I got two fitted hats at Marshall's for 10 bucks a piece. New era fitted hats. I was like, you can't pick those up for 50 bucks at a major league game. So Marshall's very happy. New era are not sponsors of this program. Just FYI. Thank you, Mr. HR. FYI, Facebook, and the rest of the world. You can tell that he does HR for a living. Yeah, I, no, but seriously, we saw Seattle, you know, start off like 15 and two. I don't know what they, they start off super hot, ended up losing like 25 of their last next 35 games yep, or something. Exactly. Like that. But, but a team like that, they were, a, they were another bottom five team, but they went like 15 and two to start the season. You do that in a 60 game season, you're well on your way to 30 and 30 and at least being in the wild cards. So I think, However, I think the one drawback that I could see happening is if you start off bad, say the Tigers or even a mediocre team like Toronto, let's say they start off 3-10 and 10 
what's from stopping their best player saying, I'm done, I'm not playing anymore, and the bad teams really get really, really bad. So I think that there's potential here where the bad teams can put some luck together and pull pull a couple of series together and get some good games, depending, you know, you have a limited teams that you're playing, so you can get lucky, you know. Mm-hmm. Tigers get to play the Royals 10 times. Can they win 10 of those games? I don't know, maybe, because the Royals are terrible as well. But it could be the opposite where, you know, a bad team gets off to a losing streak early. They give up. And it gets really bad, and they win ten of the sixty games, and that makes somebody like the Twins, who are in division, get that many more wins yeah. and, and run away. So you can go either way. So if you look back, just kind of like history of shortened seasons. So ninety-five season was shortened with coming back from the strike after the ninety-four strike. I think it was a seventy-two game season. I mean, that World Series still ended with Atlanta Braves, who had been in two of the previous five World Series before that. Uh, right. They were the champions in 95 against the Cleveland Indians, who also were a good AL Central team at that point in time. So yeah. it still worked out that the two good, solid teams still got to the – Yeah, we saw it in, in the NBA in, in, in a shortened season. The, the Heat with LeBron won a shortened season. Nobody brings that up. I think in the late 90s, I think the first – or early 2000s, the first Spurs championship, first or second Spurs championship with Tim Duncan, that was a shortened lockout season nobody's brought that up since now, you know, talking about lockouts now. So these things tend to work itself out. If it's a legitimate team Uh 20 years from now, I don't think anybody's really going to care. Nobody's really going to bring it up or talk about it. Maybe other than the fact that it was COVID and a world pandemic, but the shortened season, if it's one of the top five to 10 teams, we're not going to have an issue moving forward. So now the, the 5% chance that it is a team like, Miami Marlins that end up in the World Series, then that's what or Detroit, right? Then that's when we have an illegitimate season. But you know, there's literally like hey, a five percent chance. It's not an illegitimate championship. You win it, you win it. You be who you got to be. <laughs> sure. Can't. Don't hate Fine. the. Don't hate the player. Fine. Hate the game. Fine. You know what? I'll be rooting for it. <laughs> if it's not the Yankees, I, I want. I want. I want the Orioles to win. I'm 35 years old. Last time the Tigers won a World Series was 36 years ago. So my lifetime has been just cut short of a World Series championship. So I want to see it, no matter how I can get it. Well, we um, know what, we know what their curse was. That's the moment true. Kyle was born. That's right. Uh, so with uh, on the topic of going to the playoffs. So how many wins? What's the magic number? I mean, usually you say for baseball, you get, usually got to say you want you need at least eight, 85, 90 wins to be able to make the postseason. What's what's the magic number this year? Thirty five. I think I think a hundred is around thirty eight, thirty seven, thirty eight. I believe that's what a, a typical one hundred game season would be, or hundred win season. So yeah, maybe about thirty two to thirty five is definitely wild card contention should get you into the playoffs. I, I believe so. Anything a couple of games over five hundred is going to be all right. So thirty two to thirty five is good shape. I think if you want 35 to 38 is going to be division leader and you may have one or two teams that win 40 games. I don't think we'll see many more than 40, 42 wins. That's what the thing to think about is going to make it so exciting. You're we're essentially starting playoff push right from the We're starting off. right after the All-Star break, which is awesome. I mean, you, you, there's not a lot of room for air there for a lot of teams. I mean, you're going to be you're talking. There's there's not going to be a huge gap between first place and the and the that wild card last wild card team to be able to get in. How many game sixty ones are we going to have? 
game 62s. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, my everybody's nerves are, are really going to be on edge for a full season here unless you're, you know, really out of it, like the Orioles and the Tigers, things like that. And, you know, do what we think on paper. You never know, what, like we said, what happens in a 60-game season. But I think, you know, you're going to have two-thirds of the teams and their fans on edge, high nerves most of the season because they didn't expand the playoffs, right? They did not expand pay- playoffs like – negotiations we're talking about most of the time so you still only have those two wild card teams but there is going to be a very short mm-hmm. variance there where you know look at the nl east right you have the braves the phillies the mets and uh the nationals who won it last year a lost everybody. all four they did you know they still have scherzer and, and strasburg and and a few guys but you know, all four of those teams could win the division. All four of those teams could be within a couple of games with, of each other. That's what makes in-division games 10 times more important this year than ever. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see, you know, how many teams are probably going to be in it and, you know, how many extra games we might get since there still is the same amount of playoff teams. You know, maybe maybe we do get a couple of ties there. I think it's pretty likely. Yeah. One more thing before we move on to college football discussion here real quick. So uh, Tyler won't let me for bringing this up, but is the garbage can stealing signs scandal forgotten or do we still see beanball at the Astros? Oh, it's it's not forgotten. No way. No, there's no way it's forgotten. It, it, it might be a little tricky, right, with the cool. shortened season. Who do they open up against now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, they, I don't know if everybody's not doing a division game or not. I know the Yankees are playing Nationals. It's all starting early play, I think, at the, at the start. So the Mariners, they start with the Mariners. Uh, uh, nobody from the Mariners uh, is going to do it. Nobody from the Mariners is really going to care. They don't really have any veterans, but I think you'll see, especially later in the season, if a team knows they're out, oh, oh, it might, it might break out and, and get loose there for sure. But no, it, got, it's going to be tricky. Cattle. Yeah, yeah, Seattle. Houston has Seattle. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. I, was, I think you said Marlins. Yeah. That's why I no, said no, that. No, no, you're right. I, I think it is, it'll be tricky because a game, you know, getting tossed out of a game is going to mean a lot more this year than it would any other year. MLB made it pretty apparent. You know, they're not going to tolerate retaliation. But I think you will see. I think you're still going to see it. And don't, don't, don't think the fans are going to forget when they're allowed back in stadiums, if that's next year. It might be toned down a bit, and I think the players might be toned down a bit. But somebody like, you know, does Cleveland – Cleveland doesn't get to play them. But, you know, guys like Clevenger were so vocal – or Trevor Bauer was so vocal. You know, mm-hmm. those are a couple of the guys that were so vocal about it, you know, how hateful they were towards the Astros. If they were talking about it just on Twitter, just imagine what in a game with competition – with adrenaline going, you know, you know, Altuve says the wrong thing. Bregman looks at the, the pitcher the wrong way. It can set a couple of fuses, you know, that's where you need, what was that? Uh, what was that old Cubs pitcher? Zambrano? Zambrano. That's when you need like somebody got like Zambrano to just come in there and it just takes one second for him to flip the switch and, and you know, hit somebody in the head. Who was the, the pod, the Padres in uh, that fight a couple of years ago? Uh, I can't remember who it was between. I just try, I can't remember the name of the Padres player. You did something like that, but you're gonna have. Here's the thing. I know that MLB yeah. says they're they're not gonna they're not gonna handle retaliation. You're gonna have balls that 
pitchers yeah. are going to definitely throw a little bit closer and just say, oh, it got away from me and play that game. Well, here's the more. thing. You have an expanded roster. The first few weeks you have an expanded roster, which essentially means all the teams are going to have four extra pitchers. Yep. Uh, so you know that you know when some you have a kid, couple extra pitchers in there, you don't care about getting thrown out. As easy. And some kid who wants to get his name known is going to take the opportunity to get his name known. Okay, so well, maybe some kid that got you know he got uh, sent down in 2017, 2018. Maybe you know yeah. a lot of these guys are probably guys that might have been in and out of the leagues. Maybe he got sent down in 2017 because he got shelled by the Astros. I don't know. So Thomas, you mentioned that you know teams that uh, you know depending on who they have on their roster. I just keep looking down and I'm thinking of teams here where who do you think might throw the first the first shots at some Astros player? So they're starting with the Mariners. You said you're pretty sure no, but there's no names that stick out. They they don't have any really veteran pitchers, but if you know, just things like that. Yeah, if you're just yeah. going on reaction, uh, next team they play is the Dodgers. Oh, Hunt. Oh, that's that's a setup well, right there. <laughs> so, so Dodgers didn't get screwed by the Astros, but they did buy the Red Sox did the exact same thing, we believe. Just not – No, not- no, 2017, the, it was the Dodgers that they lost. And the Astros beat the Dodgers. Oh, that's right, it was. Yeah, and then the Dodgers lost to the Red Sox Here, by the same scenario, say, most likely. Yeah, the Yankees, who all, you know, ultimately – one of the teams got, got screwed by the Astros in the playoffs – I'll say this is a Yankee fan. The Dodgers got more screwed. The Dodgers fans should probably be the most mad by what the Astros did. And and I I'd say that it's not going to come from somebody like Kershaw because we know Kershaw's just... a great guy, but Kenley Jensen, that guy's got a temper. I, I yeah, can see Kenley Jensen absolutely. do it. You know, they got um Joe Kelly still on the team, I think, in the Dodgers who came from the Red Sox. Somebody like that might get pretty mad. You know, a lot of the bullpen guys, relievers are I could see definitely, but there's a Pretty good chance the Dodgers that, could be that team. Did they have a, a series with Oakland at one point in time during that whole thing too? I feel like they had a playoff series with Oakland. There might have been. In the last three years, I'm pretty sure Tyler could probably answer that better for us if he's still watching. But I'm pretty sure at least in the last three years, Oakland and the Astros have, have met in the playoffs at one point. I don't know about 2017. Well, they got the Angels, and there's some tempers on the Angels too that could definitely get that going. So, I mean, you're going – like. Peyton said Seattle, Seattle, Dodgers, Angels, Diamondbacks, A's, Giants, Mariners, Rockies, San Diego. I mean, they kind of got some cupcakes in there. Um, yeah, I would I would have said, you know, if Madison Bumgarner was still on on the Giants, sure, I could see that for 100 yeah. percent. But the uh, you know, the odd thing is we haven't even talked really much about MLB transactions. And Madison Bumgarner is on Arizona at this point, which I totally forgot until this point. Yeah, well, Arizona. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at their schedule, and I know we're not, we're not talking necessarily predictions for the season. Houston's got a cakewalk. I, I mean, other than Oakland, who I could see actually getting that division. Yeah, Colorado. Because they were at 95. Yeah, I mean, Colorado's Colorado. been, been hot at times. So, I mean, they, they could be, but I mean, San Diego's been terrible. The Angels have been terrible. Texas has been terrible. Texas should be better. Um, they have a pretty good pitching staff. They got Kluber, uh, Lance Lynn, uh, Mike Miner. They have a decent pitching staff. But is Fielder uh, back? I know they're, they're, he was talking about playing again. Is, is Prince playing? Prince Fielder? Yeah. I, I've, no. I've looked no. to follow up anything. So. College sports. 
All right, real quick, before we go to college football, as far as COVID stands, uh, you know, we're starting to see a few instances where it is coming up, especially, you know, MLS, we had two teams pull out of the tournament because they had nine to 10 uh, cases where it seems like it escalated pretty quick on certain teams. You know, what, what is baseball going to do if that happens where it does escalate, where a team has five to 10 you're gonna have positive to, tests? You're going to have to see positive tests with symptoms. It's not just going to be they're not going to let positive tests take it. The Jimmy Johnson thing with him having to sit out a week for a f- bad fake false positive. Right. Players that want to be playing aren't going to – they'll throw a fit if they get benched for a false positive test. You're going to have to see players who are actually sick or teams getting sick and actually having to come down to. And even that, I mean, these guys are in the most physical condition possible where they are the most likely to not have it affect them really at all. I don't think it's going to be an issue even if you have positive tests. I think my opinion. I hope so. I know. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I guess we'll see it. You know, like you said, on uh, July 23rd, super excited that we actually hopefully get at least baseball. At least as long as it starts, then I'll be happy to watch a couple of games. Um, but I hope they actually to get to watch finish it. Sports-wise, every night I actually get to like I have something I know. to do finally. I'm proud of myself that I haven't got desperate enough to watch like uh, you know those weird basketball tournaments and uh, Korean baseball. I haven't gotten that desperate to really dive into that. I haven't gotten desperate enough to watch some of these weird leagues that are playing. Um, I've watched you know a little bit of UFC, a little bit of MLS because it's on you know ESPN in the mornings and working from home. You know what else are you gonna do in the background? But I haven't got, I'm proud of myself. I haven't gotten desperate enough to watch like Korean baseball and the TBT basketball tournament and things like that. Um, Soccer. I'll, I'll give myself a pat on the back. No, I've, uh, no, I said I've watched a little MLS. Uh, Andy, Andy was watching um, some Korean baseball one night. He just had it up on his computer on the side. I had no idea the name. Oh, the hilarious. You've got like Samsung playing LG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just comes it's great. It's the future. It's the future. Uh, uh, wonderful. All right, so let's move on. College football. Real quick poll. Raise your hand if you think that there will actually be a college football season. It's like a, it's like one of those shy kids in the back of the classroom. It's just like kind of maybe. So me and my brother-in-law talked about this. Uh, Justin Mayo talked about this the, the day the day that the Big Ten announced. For both of us, we said this is just the first step that it's not going to happen. And then the Ringo show that I listened to, Mike Valenti, he talked about it yesterday. And he says this is just what what college football is essentially doing is you need to rip off the Band-Aid and just say it's not happening. And all they're doing is just pulling it off extremely slowly. And it's agonizing and painful. I know. And that's One step at happen. a time. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I am leaning you know, on the spectrum more towards it not happening. Um, because of the risk of, you know, it seems like a lot of colleges are still even unknown. You know, we're starting to see, you know, certain colleges say all online, you know, you're having certain conferences say cancel all fall sports, Mm -hmm. the Ivy league, the Patriot league. I am probably more towards like the 60% that it is not happening. Um, with, with all the, like you said, slowly ripping that band-aid off there's one thing after another that just makes it seem more unlikely but i'm not giving up i haven't given up um obviously i haven't made any announcements but all it's going to take is it's going to be the same thing that happened with uh, with the ncaa tournament it's just going to take 
one or two schools who say they won't send players or they're not going to do sports and you're going to see the whole thing crumble. That's, that's mm-hmm. my take on it. I think they still play. I think they still do conference only. I don't think it's extensive. There's going to be more conferences that uh, you see schools dropping out. Um, I think the, the difficulty comes in, not just football, not just the schools, not just the conferences. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going across multiple sports uh, and it's the NCAA having to make concessions and decisions on eligibility mm-hmm. because certain sports who aren't able to play, you can't, you can't let a kid lose their eligibility for a year. You're going to extend that right? for something as big and as lucrative as football. Um, you've got to get out in front of that as well and make those decisions ahead of time. Now I know they're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with these conferences and with these schools before they make those kind of decisions. But I, I know they're already talking about it with certain uh, groups already not playing uh, this fall. Um, the only, the thing that makes me lean towards them actually playing is the fact that college football makes so much money. And uh, someone may watch this and roll their eyes and be like, oh, but it's not all the truth, money, Peyton. But it's the truth. I'm, I'm sorry. That's, you know, that's what we're looking about. Looking it's, at the NBA. It's the revenue for most colleges to be able to run every other sport. I mean, without college football, you don't have well, here's the a thing. Row, Can they have You don't have a football. rowing program. And, right. Yeah. Can they have football without the other fall sports? Probably not, right? No. You can't play favoritism in that way where you say, okay, football's allowed, but it's not safe for, you know, the other fall sports to, to continue. What soccer, or, you know, any other fall sport, um, that's a spring sport, spring sport, isn't it? Yeah. I said soccer, like, yeah, sorry. You know, any other and, fall and sport. Well, you do away yeah. with, that turns into Title IX issues too, because you do away with other, other sports. You have an uneven amount of male athletes being able to partake and not female athletes. Then you have a Title IX discrepancy at yeah, that point in time it, too it gets so. tricky there too so if you're doing football you have to do all these other fall sports uh and then it becomes an issue where you know those sports are not making any money so what is the point of having them but you have to have them because you have to have football uh because of the revenue but then it also is you know what some say something like california i could easily see california saying all schools at least all state schools are going to be online and then, oh, but it's okay to have these football players come on campus mm-hmm. and practice and things like that. And then it gets tricky. I could see, especially out there on the West Coast, the Pac-12 say, we're not going to participate. And then it leaves something, you know, it, it could be the, the decision of the SEC where that's a much harder decision because it's hard. I, it's very hard for them to actually cancel. I or, or California says that their public state institutions can't have their campuses be shut down. Right. So you shut down US, you shut down USC, shut down Cal, you shut down well, Stanford's Stanford private or public? They're private. Stanford's private, so yeah, they'd be, they'd be safe. Private. But um, you know, those state-funded institutions. I mean, you're out at that point in time. So I've I've got a quote here from somebody. Now, um, this past week, I believe it was uh, Mike Pence held a an education roundtable. They brought some notable names to the table to talk about um, the future of some of this college operation as you go into the fall, whether it be academically as well as sports. Ed 
Ed Orgeron was invited to this roundtable. <laughs> you got to, you're going to quote Ed O. You got to do it in Ed O. Maybe you got you got a couple of screws loose. You got a couple of screws you can chew on. I, 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 need, I need some gravel. Um, <laughs> Quick, make a run outside. So I, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but there was one line in there that just made me like look at him and be like, "Oh, <laughs> look at you." <laughs> he said, "Football is the lifeblood of our country, in my opinion." And I, I agree that it is a very important thing, but I would also say if it didn't happen, uh, America would survive. <laughs> we'd, we'd be okay. We'd well, forward to next year. We say that being from, you know, Virginia up, I, I don't, I can't answer for somebody from, you know, the bayou in, in where their life, you know, revolves around LSU Tigers, you know, I don't, I don't know how to answer for them. Maybe it does, you know, maybe down there it really does, or, you know, Alabama, LSU, those areas where they really do revolve income-wise, you know, a bar around the stadium revolves on those four months, right? I I don't know. It's tricky. I don't know. But what, it's easy for us to say. So if there's no football, what happens? Do you think that that portion of the United States just dips into chaos and falls off into the Gulf of Mexico? They'll they'll be fine. They'll find something else to do. Well, even on a financial standpoint, the biggest the biggest moneymaker for NCAA is the NCAA tournament. I mean, while well, college football makes money, the NCAA's real money revenue maker is the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, because school they did, they did, college football profits. They did away with that, so I mean, I don't. It's not going to surprise me at all if the NCAA yeah. steps in and says we're not having college football this year. Um, and the other thing with it too, to just kind of go backwards for a, a second here. So Peyton, I want to ask you being an HR guy. The question that also comes into my mind is what time, at what point do some of these schools look at the possibility of being liable? Let's say a football player contracts COVID because he's been traveling someplace with a high percentage of it or wherever that happens, brings it home. And then one of his family members gets it and they, they die from a COVID-19 death that they would have gotten from a college football player. And then they go after the school and institutions for, not shutting it down. Like, yeah, it's I know there's liability aspect that comes into that point in time, too. I don't think that's right. I don't think that you should be able to sue based on or that. a coach. You can get anywhere. Yeah, or a coach. Yeah. yeah or coach. When yeah. the first coach ends up getting hospitalized, right? Yeah, yeah. But you've already got, you've already got things in place where, uh, sure. you know, they're going to sign on and say that, okay, I'm, I'm playing football and I understand if I break my leg, uh, I'm not going to sue the school because I, I got hurt. Uh, my bet is uh, these lawyers are so savvy that they've probably written language in there mm-hmm. to just talk about health and wellness in general, um, that it is not the fault of the university. So they're probably locked up on that. Now, they're probably going to be looking at bad press. Even if they're not necessarily legally liable, um, they're going to be looking at bad press. How would they be perceived by other people? Because that could affect future recruiting. I mean, you already look at like, uh, what was his name? The former Maryland coach, uh, Maryland got looked at a little bit differently for a second there until they very swiftly got rid of him. Uh, right. after that player died. DJ Durkin. Yeah. Well, here's, the, here's the thing. I, it's going to be tough because I don't know, you know, can you let any of these players go home during the season? Right. They're going to have to have some type of their own bubble. I don't know how strict they'll have to be. 
It also depends what the, the world looks like, you know, three months from now. But they probably, if they're allowed to have a season, they're going to have some type of bubble or at least just confining them to the campus and, and wherever they end up playing, right? Where, you know, you, you sorry you can't go home unless you have a couple of te- negative tests in a row, maybe, you know, in that circumstance. But, you know, they're really going to have to contain it to – limit that exposure to the outside world if they do have a college football season where even the coaches I don't know I don't know what they'll do there you know that I guess that's a little different because it is a job you're getting paid you know things like that you know but when it is a college player you house them in the dorms right you you house them in the dorms and you you can't go home I'm sorry you're gonna have to I mean I'm, I'm thinking from the perspective of the player uh as well if they don't have a season this year, they're going to have a long time until they play football again. Like they will have, they will have gone forever <laughs> without playing. It seems. Yes, but also, so, but also, are we going to see players elect well, not to Revin, play this year? Somebody who might be draft eligible. Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm talking about guys who have additional. You know, they need to stay in college. They can't just go to yeah. the, go to the NFL. What I what I would expect is would happen in that instance. Schools, conferences, they're going to have to work these agreements uh, to figure out, okay, we've got spring training. We're going to have an extended like fall training, winter Mm -hmm. workouts, and they're going to have to extend their football operations to still keep these guys in, you know, in shape to be able to play a year later. Right, because you don't want to see a huge drop off in in production next year if the whole – you know, whole sport takes a year off, but uh, you know, it also brings up what are we going to see if they have a season, you know, if you're a projected first round pick who will be draft eligible, you know, Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence is going to be draft eligible at the end of the year. What What's from stopping him from just saying, all right, I'm not going to play. It's not worth the risk. I already know I'm going to be a top 10 pick no matter what, right? I'm not hurting myself. If I sit out, I'm going to be a top 10 pick. I don't know. You know, I don't know how many players might do that. I mean, we already see it with bowl games. Why not do it during, you know, I'm going to be quarantined because of the bowl game trend. And if they want to do that, whatever, like this, this hasn't happened before. So do what you want. You got to protect your interest. I get a little bit more annoyed with the bowl game stuff, but I totally get if there's a, an illness out there that you could catch if you played and you're trying to avoid that so that you can continue to live and uh, then go into your career. Okay, but like if you don't want to play a bowl game, so you're like, ah, I don't know, I might trip, <laughs> you know, I might stub my toe. The, you know, you got you got to weigh your options as the player. Um, and if he wanted to sit out, if any player wanted to sit out because they are going to be draft eligible, by all means, go for it. That probably does nothing more than help the schools because uh, you've got these 2021 kids that are going to be coming in. Um, that's another whole problem that schools are probably going to be, I'm sure they're already talking to the NCAA about it. You know, if we grant extended eligibility, what do we do with the scholarships we've already given out? Mm-hmm. We're going to have way too many people on at the same time. How, how do we balance that? College baseball 2021 is going to be very interesting. Oh yeah. And they're what 13 and a half scholarships per team that they get. Yeah. Their weird number, yeah, that's gonna be, 
you're gonna either have a lot of angry college kids, or you know, it's gonna. I I, honest, I don't know how that plays out. That's really a backup don't. for a long time too. I mean, that's just not that's not gonna just play in for one year. You're gonna yeah. do this have a ripple effect that's gonna affect things for about three four years down the line that goes forward afterwards. Yeah, you might, and, and it's also MLB draft getting cut down to five rounds this year. Uh, no no minor league baseball really being played. No idea what that's going to look like future wise if they ever end up going back to their 300 million rounds of, of draft picks. But yeah, um, this so is still, there's a lot. It's a really, really like pro. Yeah, we thought we had nothing to talk about. Pro <laughs> athletes, I, I get that they're upset and they want to play. I think it is the toughest time for high school and college athletes, right? 100%. Agreed. Because you. High school, I think more than college even. I mean, you have guys that you need to be able to be to be able to have an opportunity to have a future in a the sport. These classes of 2021, 2022, they are really hurting right now for the development to be able to get the things that they need to be able to prepare themselves to be able to get those scholarships well, to that, be, and then prepare to even to be able to advance in a professional mindset. Scouting is almost killed in a way as far as in person, yeah. right? Especially basketball, things like that where, it, you know, it can be a lot harder to spot talent early on, especially in basketball where you can have a late growth, you know, growth period and go five inches in a year, things like that, where, you know, you know, you can rely on tape only so much, but so many teams, if you're investing, you know, a scholarship and a deep, you know, things like that, you're going to want to send a scout to go see them, things like that, a recruiting trip. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're going to have any type of recruiting trips anytime soon or, when you can send a scout to go see an AAU game again anytime soon, that's Jim Harbaugh will still go sleep over in somebody's tree, treehouse. I mean, that's coming. He can use those khaki pants. I had to get one in there. So, um, on the college football topic, let's go ahead and talk a couple more things on that for a second here. So, the biggest question comes in for us as all being Liberty Connections. The independents are the ones who I think are going to be really hurting. Notre Dame, probably not as much. Notre Dame, I can see if we do play college football, ACC will probably just go ahead and bring them in as a honorary conference member. And uh, they'll work it out some way with the NBC contracts uh, as far as what that pans out for. But, I mean, Liberty, BYU, New Mexico State. Am I leaving any other independents off? Is UConn an independent technically this year? or They will be an independent. They were on the schedule. It was going to go to the UConn. Liberty was going to come up and play UConn this year in September that I was I was going to go see. So, yeah, they, they actually had a scheduled game this year. Right. UConn is now independent starting this year. So what does that do for, like, the, those – do do we just have a Liberty, UMass. UConn, UMass uh, – Oh, that's right. UMass is New Mexico State and BYU. Do we all just is play New Mexico? New Mexico is not independent at this New point, Mexico right? State. New Mexico just State. Just State. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say there's like one or two others. I would I would see that they would come together. Um, you know, it. You can't. You can't. You know, let yourself fall by the wayside just because you're not in a conference. So I mean, the, the tricky thing is. The tricky thing is a lot of these decisions are to limit travel, go geographical, go by region. And in the independent, you're like, you got UConn, you got BYU, you got New New Mexico, Mexico, you got Liberty. New Mexico, Idaho, Virginia, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Connecticut, Yeah, I mean, that's literally all of those are close. So can you send them all, you know, to one area for a couple of weeks? I have no idea. Can they have their own bubble? I I don't know. Open up the school. I don't know about Massachusetts. Huh? Jerry will open up the school. 
I don't know about Massachusetts. You already talked about how well Connecticut's doing. Uh, other than that, they're all pretty, you know, clean areas that are pretty open right now. Uh, so that might not be an issue for them. They they would probably have an agreement of, hey, we are going to travel to these areas and we will ensure that no one, like none of these players travel elsewhere during the time that we're playing together. Um, the only places that we travel are your home school and the schools that you're playing. It's possible. It, it, the thing is, it's tricky. I don't know how the, any of these um, teams are going to do, but you know, something, what happens with state rules when they do have that 14 day period that you're supposed to quarantine when you visit a state, you know, Connecticut has all these restrictions where there's like 15 States. If you're from that state and you come to Connecticut, you have to quarantine for 14 days before you do anything. Or if you went to that state and you come back to Connecticut, you know, the Connecticut team goes to a state that's restricted. You got to come back and you have to quarantine for 14 days and you can't, you can't go play a game you know, unless they get these uh, amendments by the state, if those are still in play at yeah. that point, I don't know. Can they, can the state make an exception for football, but they can't make an exception for a business. That's, you know, it, it gets so tricky and you get in those, in the politics of all these things as well. Sports not, is just the biggest puzzle right now. It, 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 yeah. Where, where does it lie in the importance factor? I don't know. Well, I was just going to say, you can argue either or if we don't have college football, I mean, I was devastated enough for not having college basketball just because I mean, that's the love March Madness, and and you had some selfish reasons. Well, yeah, I mean, I had a really, I felt like we had a really good opportunity to be able to go deep again, and I mean, it's February Izzo, so um, maybe even lose to UVA again. <laughs> we didn't lose to UVA; we lost to Texas Tech. Oh no, no, excuse me, UVA lost to you guys. Uh, what two years ago? Around two years. Yeah. Two, two years ago. Yeah, and we beat Duke. Well, I guess it was three years ago. That's what you said. And we'd be two, two years ago. Anyway, so as heartbroken as I was for losing college basketball, listen, I live for Jesus, my family, my friends, college football. I was one. Not have college football is going to torment me for the entire fall if I don't have that. Like I, I was wondering. I hope I'm wrong. Make sure that you were going to mention your wife. I said family. That's the, I, yeah. I just, I was the way you were. He's getting a little sweaty. Like he's gonna say Jesus, then football. <laughs> no, not only do I not feel that way, I would be dead if I said it that way. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree. It would football would be tough. Um, that would be very tough because then we get into this lull in the winter where really all you have going on is basketball. And then if it gets worse, you know, if everything gets worse during the winter, like some have said that it could get worse in late fall and winter, then you, you know, you have no football, you're stuck in in cold weather. You, they would probably tighten restrictions where you can't go anywhere. And it really would be probably quarantine again. And, and how many people's sanity can go through a second quarantine with no football in the winter like that's that's actually kind of dangerous when you look at the aspects of the mental mental side of that. I don't think it'll happen. I don't either. But there's that chance, right? You know, I, I, I hope not. My I my, my, so. my guess is, I mean, this is not again not to have a political thing. And I I don't watch. I haven't watched the news hardly at all. I've been off of Facebook other than doing this and a few things here and there. I just try to avoid most of these conversations. But I I really think that if we get to that point in time, people are just going to refuse to go into a quarantine, and it's going to be. Life is going to continue. We will see. In other news, Italy had their uh, last COVID patient out of the hospital, I believe, today. So, Ooh. 
There you go. Good. Just like that. Your heritage all good, huh? They're all good. Staying in but none left land. None left in quarantine or in the hospital. Look at that. But uh, it, it will be interesting. Let's, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep updated and, you know, hopefully we'll have some sports ongoing. And uh, we'll have sports ongoing and we'll have more episodes of Down in Flames. We have been too terrible long. in 2020 across the board. I mean, once you. And, and in this increase. In this increased media accessibility where we have so much ease of, of platforms like this, we yeah. got no excuse. And you want fair and balanced, you get it from Thomas, Kyle, Peyton, Christian, Jared when he's here, and Andy Which, when he's yes. here. So yes. Work. Yeah. Let us let you, us you be might your be looking at the core three. Well. You you may be looking at the core three for a while. And and you know if someone's watching this and obviously sports news is not huge right now you know there's not too much going on we should do some ufc updates and and fight island yeah um more like four island jeez if if there's a a topic or like a past event uh, that you just want us to rant about please reach out to us and let us know we'd be happy to add that into one of our programs get some fan interaction yeah Yeah, we could talk about um this this one time when uh, michigan state won late against michigan Well, perhaps we could talk about kick six and how Peyton almost peed his pants oh. when Alabama lost. Hey, and if it's just the three of us, let's throw this out there for you to know. We can take one more guest on the show live with us. So maybe next week we'll advertise. You too can go down week. in flames. You too can go down in flames. So maybe next week we'll add in a uh, chat in and we'll see about maybe getting you on if you want to talk about a topic that we're on in the moment. We can, we can try this. Where else can you get on a live show? Come on. I got not that. PTI. <laughs> Gosh. Around the horn. Hey, uh, did you did you hear Kyle that you're part of the new uh, ESPN Radio new lineup? Congratulations. Ooh, I am. Yeah, you're part of the. Yeah, they, they shook everything up. You're part of that lineup. Yeah, we, you know, you and Joe Schmo made the new morning show. We didn't talk All about right. Mike Golick. Yeah, can we can we do yeah can we do one second? Just five minutes here. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So oh, you didn't news, hear any of this. This is they, news to me. They so. shook up their whole ESPN radio lineup. Um, you know, a couple of guys ended up leaving, and they took that as an opportunity to shake up everything. And they kicked you know radio legend, twenty year vet Mike Golick to the curb, Golic. which I wasn't Golic the biggest fan of him anymore, but. You know the show. The show was getting a little stale. Maybe it was a little bit more Wingo than Golik. I, I, Golik as a person is great, but you gotta you gotta do him a little better than that. But ESPN shows, other than sports coverage, is bland and boring, and I hate it right now. Anyway, so well, and also you know who who has a good sports show going right now? It's there's there's very few with some little content. Down of flames. There <laughs> one you go. Episode. It's the one episode that we're doing now. But yeah, so basically, uh, it's Zubin Mahenti, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, the new morning show. So, so big appeal there. You know, three guys who probably never worked together in their life, and you know, have no chemistry in a three-man booth. We already saw ESPN does great with three-man booths, right? So why not do it again? Um, and then Mike Greenberg gets a show again on radio. Uh, Max Kellerman gets a show again on radio. Everybody loves Max Kellerman. Uh, Nicola Jr. gets a show. And so, yeah, you know, they're they're winning. They're just, you know, they're winning the radio atmosphere. Get me a show with Mike Tyson, 
Let's, let's do Mike Tyson. Uh, no, he's going Charles, back in the ring. Mike yeah, Tyson. Have time for this. Mike Tyson, Charles Barkley, and Shaq. Mike Tyson. Watch that all day long. Mike Tyson is too busy training right now, and watch. He's too busy that. getting abs and crushing dude, his skulls. Dude looks scary. He's in the exact same shape as he was. I don't get before, it. Except his chest is more well defined now. I don't get it. I'm more scared. Could Mike Tyson make boxing popular again? I want him to fight so bad. I I bet he'd win. I genuinely think he would win. Put him in the Tyson Fury fight? Oh, no, that wouldn't work. Fury down. We can dream. We we can dream. We've gotten to that point in the show. You can dream. could beat anybody. Anyway, respect to Mike Golick and what he's done to sports radio. Uh, we, We hope to hear you one day again. Uh, definitely a, a good guy in all accounts. Everybody on ESPN was giving him some high praise. So seems like a great guy. Um, you know, he'll be on, he's still here in Connecticut. He'll be on Fox next week. So no, well, they, so technically they said he's going back to his roots on ESPN. He'll be a college football analyst. So you may hear him on a couple of college football games. Well, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get him on our show uh, since he's not doing as much. You know, you know what I can do. I can get the third Golic brother and sister on our show. That works. Really? No, I, I could, no, I can't. No. <laughs> no. If, if I mean, I don't know. That probably would have happened by now. <laughs> it, yeah, if I could, it might have happened. But technically, if I run into him, you know, in Connecticut around here, maybe. Yeah. Please you never know. Please. If anybody's going to do it, it'll Just be me. Wear, wear a shirt that says, are you a Golic? Talk to me. And it might be. I'll, I'll, I'll just do free Golic. Free Golic on radio and just walk walk around, you know, you know, East Hartford, West Hartford area. Yep. Bristol, the campus of Bristol, Connecticut. I'll be good. I'll be back to you in three months. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and end it here. We didn't have a so didn't have a lot to talk about, but 80 minutes in, we had a full show, just the three of us. So stay tuned. Let's, hey, uh, you know who can make three man boots good? Down in flames. That's there right. You go. Thanks for the ESPN. Maybe hopefully try to be back next week, the week after. Uh, talk a little bit more baseball, whatever things come up. There's definitely a lot going on right now, even without things actually being on the court and on the field. So we'll continue to talk. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a good night. Yeah. See you. See you.